Worship Fertilizer, the what you need to grow in worship. It's brought to you by AdLib Music, who, in simple love and pure devotion to Jesus, is eradicating isolation and burnout so that leaders bear much fruit. Find out more at adlibmusic.com. Be a part of this podcast by submitting your questions and comments to podcast at adlibmusic.com. Here's your worship fertilizer. Quality of our hearts is greater than, or is more important than, the quality of our music. We do a lot, you know, especially as teams practicing and rehearsing and, you know, learning our instruments, learning to sing. The congregation, you know, learns the songs, learns how to sing the songs, sometimes sings harmony, you know, there's, there's a lot of involvement and engagement. There's a lot of thoughts that go into both of those experiences. Uh, on, on this side of preparing and not making mistakes and sounding awful and, you know, and then feeling free in the congregation to just really sing out and not worry about, you know, the quality of our music. And I like quality music. So this is not about, well, we're going to forget about quality music because that's, that's not, that's not the, the point. The point is to highlight how important it is that, that the quality of our hearts is paramount. And so I want to talk about what does that mean? What does that look like? If you think for a second about what is the quality of our hearts in gathered worship or how should it, what should the quality of our hearts be? What, what pops to your mind when you think about that? As we get together, what should, it, what, what should our hearts be like? I talked to someone at the after church on Sunday who looked at, at that Psalm 24.3 and just said, I can't worship unless, unless I know the stuff in my heart is cleaned up. I mean, I can't. He was talking mm-hmm. about specific sin mm-hmm. that he's had to work at. And he said, I can't really worship unless my heart's pure and I have clean hands. So for him, that was paramount. That was, mm-hmm. I, I got to be, a, I got a pure heart and clean hands yeah. before I can really feel like I'm, I'm able to worship. Yeah. Who, who can ascend to the hill of the Lord? You know, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. And that's, that's, that's really good. Worship done well. Worship makes the most sense here as we gather to worship, as a, as the end of the sentence, as a, as the ex- exclamation point on our sentence of, of a life lived in worship. Not as like, oh, this is the first time I've thought about this all week, you know. Um, it, it's, it's the exclamation point. So, so being pure in heart. Yourself and also to be open to receive and listen to the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. What else? I have something like when I sing to the Lord, I feel like in tune with Him, like I feel like He's hugging me, and it makes me feel real close to the Lord when I sing. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's, it's a, what you're describing to me is a very relational experience. It's not like a, I'm going to dot my T's and cross my, dot my, dot my I's and cross my, wow, I'm going to get it right. And then I'll be worthy and it'll be good. No, it's just this sense of like, I'm going to sing and he's going to wrap his arms around me. We're going to be intimate together. There's going to be closeness in that in that experience and that's a 
we might not come into the, a moment like on Sunday morning thinking that. Like our hearts might just not be there. Like I was just going to sing some songs and listen to a sermon. You know, but there's there's a whole different thing with with the intimacy that we experience, yeah. And that I, I feel like I feel like one thing that you're saying without saying it is that the whole experience revolves around relationship. You know, it revolves around something that's alive and real and not just, you know, I checked off my Bible things, the to-do list in the Bible, I checked that off. No, no, it was like, you know, I got to be with my best friend. I, I was embraced by my father. I was loved, you know, this, yeah. So, what else? The posture of our heart in worship, what should it be? Well, I'm thinking, you know, I, I think it, and ideally, I think we do prepare our hearts throughout the week. But I, I can specifically remember some times in worship um, where I, I don't know if I did that or not, but I, all, all of a sudden I, I, I felt the spirit on my heart. I felt, you know, whether it was conviction, whether it was... Uh, I, I, I mean, the most the way I can describe it is a hard heart softening. Hmm. And um, so sometimes... It happens here. I, I, I agree with the with the thought of preparing before, but I guess, I guess when I say in His grace, sometimes He still does it if we didn't quite get that done right during the week. And you know, my goal is to get it done during the week. It really is. So I guess what I'm saying is just um, it's being open to spirit to do to do something in there. I mean because. Whether it got done or didn't get done during the week, because uh, he's faithful to do that, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's funny. Like, like one thing you're, I think you're expressing is that we're a responsive heart. Mm -hmm. You know, I might not have been prepped. Maybe I was. Maybe I wasn't. But in this moment, I'm still gonna. I'm still able to respond if I feel this. Like, oh wow. And so this, there's a responsiveness that we that we can walk in if we have. If that that can be part of the quality of our hearts, um, but there there's a tension, and I don't want to I don't want to ignore this 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 thought that we have that we say that that it feels like Sunday. It's like Sunday is amazing. The gathering of God's people is amazing because there's just it's just different than when we're at home. It just is. So it's it's unique. It's different. It's special. But like in the in in our life as Christians. You know, I don't know that this is necessarily like the hub. You know, like if if that's the hub that everything revolves around, then like, man, there's just a lot more that we can have, that we can experience on a daily basis. That this that this blip, this important time that we have together, that's so small. Like life can begin to re like because I'm saying that because you said I'd like to prepare my week so that. I can be ready here, which I get that. And we, we do want to be ready for when we're walking in here. But I don't want to set up a, th a thought pattern that says, this is the most important thing I'm doing this week, is this moment we have. Right. This is a very important moment. But the most is consuming, you know, 168 hours and, and two of them are here. You know, there's a lot of hours that should be a lot of stuff going on or else like the world is really dying out there with us just, you know, anyway. So I don't want to 
you know, I, I, I just wanted to, to, I don't know, say that in a sense to not, to not overemphasize this, this gathering, although it is very important. That make sense? Yeah. I was going to say, um, I, I kind of see when we gather as the body of Christ, a little bit like something that happens in my work setting where I'm a therapist, and so most of what I do is one-on-one with people, and I don't really have the support of other people, you know, kind of saying good job or any of that, you know, because it's one-on-one. Um, however, once in a while I get together for supervision with other therapists, mm. and in that period of time, you know, I'm taught, and I get encouraged, and I get kind of refueled, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and, and yeah, my skills grow. And, and I get the support, and that's kind of what it is when I gather with other believers. And so if I don't do it regularly, I miss that, because I begin to not have the same direction. Um, so I can hear from God on my own, but there's something about being in the midst of other believers and having God speak to them through me, and me being able to speak to them, and, and hearing community and having the accountability, and, and just the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Kind of working all together, um, that that inspires me in some way and, and caused me to to deeper growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so that's the kind of how I see it all go together. And, yeah. and if I if I'm not if I'm not if I'm not meeting with clients all week long, I really don't want the supervision <laughs> because what, what's the point of it? You know, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the way it is, is. If I'm not walking with God throughout the week, I come Sunday morning and I go, this is just routine. You know? But if I'm you know, I'm, I'm out there ministering throughout the week and walking with God. I come with something to share, or something to celebrate, or I come wounded and I need, <laughs> I need some healing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, the gathering together is is essential to me. Yeah, yeah. There's so much. There's so much realignment that happens. You know, because because life is disorienting on so many levels, especially if we're out there like really pushing some stuff. We can just get so like. You forget. You're like, am I even a Christian? <laughs> Can I even be victorious in any way? You know, and like, oh, there's other people here. I am okay. What, what? Who am I? That's right. Oh, yes, this is good. So there's just such a, a strong realignment that that comes. So that's thank you for for um, for adding that. Any other quality of our hearts or the the posture of our hearts as they should be when we come into worship? I think along with that idea is the posture is to be open not only to receive from others and from God, but to also be open to God speaking to me to to give a word of encouragement, you know, to mm-hmm. let the Holy Spirit use me. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. open to both. Yep, that's good. That's good. We're not consumers. We, we receive the benefits, but we're not just consumers. Um, so, and we're to enter his gates with, yeah, I think that's one of the postures of the heart is to be, we're just going to be grateful. We're just going to stop and reflect, what can I be thankful for today? What can I be grateful for? Um, any, anyone else before I tell you the right answer? (laughs) Pardon me, to be honest, words are cheap. Hmm. The heart has to. Conduct uh, that honesty of your of your feeling of your relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's that's very true. We're gonna we're gonna watch a short video clip that he talks about two values: one being intimacy, and the other being integrity. And that being honest, having integrity, you know, being real, not faking it, not 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 just giving lip service. And and all all of the things that you guys are sharing are are on. And in fact, when I started writing this, um, you know, I, I started making a list. You know. I said grateful and humble and relational and responsive and surrendered. You know, that's how our hearts need to be when we come in. And and the more I thought about it, um, I got my guitar and just began to worship the Lord. And I was like, you know, okay, I, we just need to simplify this. How do we need to come into worship? And you guys have all said it in different ways. And that's simply open. Like, let's just start open. That's the, that's the opening to like everything else that happens. We can respond to him. We can have gratefulness. We can be honest. We can, we can you know, experience this intimacy in this relational thing. Um, we can respond when he, when he surprises us if we're but open. If we just come and we say, okay, Lord, I'm going to come and open. And that's, that's, that's if, if, if you stop listening for the next 35 minutes and walk out with one thing, that's all, that's all you need to walk out with. When I come to worship, I want to come with this heart posture. It's open. Um, and really, really simply, let's just start there and, and see what God does with that. See where he takes our heart. See, um, you know, if, if, I'm, if I have my hands open like this, it's, it's, there's two things. We, can, we, might, we might need to let go of something that we're holding on to, you know. And, and there's a long list of those things that could be. You know, might be unforgiveness or disappointment or something that happened to us, or it could be that I don't like the way the worship leader's leading. I don't like the key they're singing in. I don't like that song. I don't know that song. I, you know, I have a grievance with one of my. You know, like there's there's things that I can be holding on to, and and a heart posture that's open just starts by saying, "Okay, Lord, if you're asking me to yield something and and give something away." I'm, I'm open. Um, that same posture this way allows us to also then, oh, thank you. Like, I was open so I can receive what God, because I, I, I believe God's always wanting to, to have an exchange with us, always trying to interact with us, always trying to give us something, maybe for us, for our own encouragement, edification, strengthening, maybe for us to give away to somebody else, you know, uh, for their encouragement and edification. Um, and, and so one of the pieces of vulnerability, you know, we, we, we read the verse uh, in Psalm 4610 that says, be still and know that I am God. And, you know, I, I thought about that. That says, you know, be still and know. Well, I can't really know somebody without having a certain level of intimacy with them. I can know about them, but I can't really know them in that deep knowing sense. Um, and I can't really have intimacy with them unless I decide to be vulnerable with them. And I can't really be still with somebody if I don't have a level of trust with them. Um, so I could interpret that be still and know as trust him and be vulnerable. Or be still and be vulnerable. Like, okay, I'm just going to be open. That's my heart posture to God as we worship. I'm just going to be open. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know what you're going to require of me. I don't know what I'm going to have to 
uh, to obey you as a response to that openness, but I'm just going to start being open. And that's, that's going to be the, the beginning of everything so that I can actually be still and know that he is God, that I can trust him and that I can be vulnerable. Um, thoughts on that? On the, on what, what, what shoots off through your mind as you think about what does it imply that um, if, if, if we came with this singular heart posture saying that we are open to whatever, before you say whatever you're going to say to me, God, the answer is already yes, I'm open. How would that, how would that change our, our corporate gatherings, for example? How do you think it would change it? Irregardless where any church group is or any person or group of people are, irregardless where they are, they're going to be <laughs> yeah. I agree with you 100% on that. I appreciate that point. When our hands are open, they can't be in a fist. So when our hearts are open, they too, you know, use that as a metaphor, they can't be opposing hmm. anyone else. It is a very vulnerable position to be in, but that is when we can receive gifts hmm. from others, as you said, from God. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you're open, you're also more aware of what's actually going on in the worship time sometimes. Mm-hmm. Aware of the words you're saying, singing. Um, you're not just going through the motions of, oh, this, I like this hymn, I'm glad we're singing this, or, oh, uh, I've sung this song before, I like this song. But you're actually um, hearing the words almost in a different way. And, processing them differently and God speaks to you through them. Yeah. Yeah, I love that idea of when I'm open, I'm, my senses are heightened. I'm, I'm more in tune, I'm more in touch with because I'm, I'm open to what's going on. There's just this awareness. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, I think when you're open, um, God surprises you. And so I think that's how we can be surprised. <laughs> And you know, and it would be in a in a way that would be, it would be it would start to be, it gets expressed and hmm. it comes out. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. One one thing that I I've experienced this here again. I mean, I don't always know when this is coming, but I when when I am open like that, and just and when I do feel a hard heart softening. I would look around and I'll, I'll see a person, and I'll know their struggle, and and I'll just begin weeping, mm. and um, just really get a heart. You just get a heart for that person. So you, you start getting God's heart. It starts getting starts getting uh, manifested in you. You start you know caring about people. Well, maybe yeah. you walk to the door and you you you, know, you just weren't really thinking like yeah. that, you know. <laughs> And, so, and then I think that sometimes, and that's that's a, maybe out of that word of encouragement or, uh, comes out of that. But, uh, mm-hmm. It's just amazing how that can happen. In that, in that. And there's a quote from the um, from the video. It says, "Intimacy is not when the music is quiet and the lights are low. Intimacy is the posture of one heart toward another. It's a willingness to self-disclose when we could self-protect. 
it's a willingness to be vulnerable when we could put up our defenses and hold back. You know, and that, that intimacy that comes from just being open, because that, that opens the door for, you know, um, for that to happen, um, really changes the way that we are even horizontally. You know, I mean, we were talking about, like, how does it affect it this way? But it affects it this way, too, when we're open this way, which is really, I mean, that's, that's, that's powerful um, to, to walk in that. I mean, I, I wanted to put like, well, expectant. Our hearts should be expectant when we walk into worship. We, I was like, you know what? If we're just open, like God's going to get us, you know, because we're going to be open to Him. And we don't need to like necessarily have expectations, although that's fine to be expectant and to be like, okay, I, God, I want, we want to meet with you. We want to see some, you know, things happen today. But really, like, let's just start with being open. And then we can walk into this this intimacy toward each other and intimacy to the Lord that we, where our defenses are down, uh, where we can be vulnerable, when we can self-disclose instead of self-protect. Even when we're open too, we, we don't get distracted by pleasing others. <laughs> you know, if we come together open, then we're whatever God, whatever God says to you, whatever God says to you, and. And God may, may call one person to get up and leave and go visit somebody in the middle of the service. And mm-hmm. I don't have to look and wonder why they left. Were they offended? No, I'm just open, you know. Mm. So that whole, my actions need to mm. not offend somebody else, kind of gets left behind. Yeah. And there's, there's freedom to do whatever God's calling us to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just it just changes our, our whole agenda, you know, because we are like there's it's easy to naturally be like, well, you know, I would follow this urge, but what do they think about me, you know, or, or why are they, you know, like there's all these things that we're thinking about potentially. I mean, not not any of you, but <laughs> not me ever. But when when our agenda is to be open to what God wants to do. Then, then there's so much freedom um, to follow that. Yeah. Um, did the Lord ever put a special song in your heart? Because, like, there's this song, even if I bump my leg, I said, I love you, Lord. It's like, I'm running to your arms, hmm. I'm running to your arms, nothing can stay. I forget all of it, but yeah, yeah. you know, you know, I love that song. Yeah, because he put that in my heart, hmm. and I love it. Yeah, you know, I go running, I go running, and you know, light on my life and all that stuff, and I get like so happy <laughs> when I bump. You know, like if I bump my knee, I say, "I love you, Lord." You know, <laughs> I love you, Lord. <laughs> yeah, but always, I always say that at home. Yeah. Well, and, and that 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 really sounds like a gift. Um, you know what? What do you think that if if we were walking more regularly, more completely as a as a body, with an open heart posture? What 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 do you think some of the things that God would want to give us? Like what what would what lights up in your heart as you think about that? Is there something in faith or even in your in, just in your mind that you like? Yeah, I feel like if we if we just walked in more openness, God would want to do this. What would that be? 
have a sense that God is always pleased uh, when we acknowledge his presence. And we're open to what you have for me today. What you want to show me today. Hmm. I think that's pleasing to God. Yeah. And what does the Father who's pleased desire to do with his children? Communicate. Hmm. Communicate. Yeah, communicate to us. Yeah. We are, we are kept alive by the words of God, you know, in the scripture and to the things that he witnesses to us in our spirits and our hearts. Um, so, yeah, he wants to communicate with us. What else? I think it's praise when we uh, want to learn to know something new. Hmm. You know, under, have a new level of understanding of his word, what he's, what he's supposed to reveal to us. Hmm. Yeah. So he'll give us wisdom, insight that we need as we're open. Mm -hmm. I think he gives us a degree of freedom that we haven't had before. <laughs> because, I mean, when you worship in an open, with an open heart, I think, the Spirit needs you to places that aren't what are normally done in music. Yeah, I think God honors our willingness to be open to Him, giving mm. us freedom to express what's on our hearts and mm. our love for Him. Nothing's holding us back. says our battle is not against flesh and blood but against principalities and as we're open to God and listening to him um, he gives us he gives us words that that obliterate hmm. the principalities and powers and we don't even always know it's happening and so one of the visions that, that I see is as we're open that the principalities and powers that are over Elizabethtown and over people that God brings to this church, even the ones who look good, you know, can be broken in the freedom that hmm. can be found here would be even deeper than it is now. Yeah. And the only way we, we get there is if we're open to yeah. hearing from God's perspective. Hmm. So it's not, it's not just um, freedom to express with like a lack of inhibitions. It's freedom that's been won for us, or that we can take, you know, spiritually and, and advance forward, and you know, yeah, not be bound, um, not just in our expression, in, in our inhibitions, but like in our lives. <laughs> yeah. So just just to put it into perspective, a worship leader who's open to what what songs does God want me to? lead and while, he's, while they, he or she is up there leading just continue to be open 
to what is God saying can lead a song that was one of the songs that somebody who you know, just came in off the street got it spoken to them at one point and, hmm. and that can just obliterate the enemy in their life yeah yeah and the only way you you do that is by listening yeah well that's a that's a good segue I'm gonna um we're gonna, let's watch this short clip together um, he tells a story about about a young man who found something significant in the middle of worship. So here's Dan Wilt from his Essentials in Worship Values, the video called Intimacy and Integrity. You can find more about it at worshiptraining.com. Check it out. The worship values of intimacy and integrity are central to our thinking about what is important in worship. Many years ago, I was leading a worship set in New Zealand. I was in the middle of this worship set. It was a conference setting. So people were coming from many different denominations and backgrounds. We had everything from the charismatic world to the very conservative world all gathered in this large room. And I was leading a worship set. One of the values that I carry inside me as a worship leader is the value of intimacy. That we would come to a place where we begin to open ourselves to God, for God to speak to us, for us to speak to God, for us to be vulnerable to the Spirit's healing, the Spirit's speaking to us, the Spirit's uh, transforming work in our lives. So in order to accomplish that, sometimes I'll in the middle of a set extend a chorus. I'll sing it again. I'll move into maybe an instrumental time that we didn't rehearse, but we know the four chords, the vamp that we're going to play and extend. Well, in this particular worship set, I decided we were partway through the set that I was going to take one of the songs that we were singing, it was a song about the love of God for us, and I was going to extend it. We sang the chorus two more times extra. We began to go into an instrumental time, and at that point, I as a worship leader, I'm kind of looking at the congregation thinking, am I drawing this out too much? Is this just me? Is this kind of indulgent for us in the band? Am I missing anything? And I just felt like, no, you need to do this. We kept playing instrumentally and something happened. And it was shocking to a number of people in the room. A man in the far back right of the room, I can see it in my mind's eye right now, just burst into tears. He began to sob uncontrollably and loudly. And of course, people from all these different traditions are all, some have experienced this before, some have, and it was just, this man was letting out all this emotion. He cried and he just sobbed. It was loud. It was like wailing, like this pent-up pain was just being released in him. I kept playing instrumentally and finally as people began to gather around him and began to, to, to pray for him and just be silent around and put their hands on him, I saw that he had a loving community around him from his church. So I just kept going on and then I moved into the next song. We finished. I went through my teaching, etc. I left the country. I never knew exactly what had happened till I got a letter a number of weeks later from the man's mother. This man, my guess was, was in his late 20s or early 30s. His mother said this, she said, when my son was a little boy, she said he had an incredibly traumatic experience. He was out on a fishing trip with his father and something happened. He watched his father drown in front of his eyes from the shore and he couldn't save him. He couldn't do anything. He watched his father drown. She said he began to shut down at that point. It was very traumatic for him. She said then something happened uh, later on in his early teenage years. Uh, there was a neighbor child that he was just watching out on the front lawn because I guess something had happened. The neighbors were going to be down the street. They just asked if he'd just keep an eye on this, this, this little one. And a truck came around the corner while they were on the front lawn. A pipe came off of, of the, uh, the truck and killed the little girl in front of him. She said, 
She said, something changed. I lost my son. She said he went silent. He locked up. He wouldn't speak. He wouldn't laugh. He wouldn't cry. He wouldn't show any emotion. She said, until that night that you were leading worship in that little place that we were in, in that church in New Zealand. And she said, I don't know what compelled you to lengthen the song, to keep singing it, to go into that instrumental time. But I'll tell you, she said, something happened to my little boy. And for the first time in years, here he is, a man, a young man. He burst out in tears. He just released all that pain. She said, I just want to let you know something. She said, I don't know how that messed up your plans or whatever you did. But she said, my son is a different man. He laughs now. He talks. He communicates. He cries. He has his emotions back again. And I begin to think to myself, what would have happened if I hadn't valued that? If I hadn't valued uh, that we connect with God truly through a song and in that setting, what would happen if I hadn't valued that? If I was just going to go through the motions, finish that set, people were loving the music, they were going to buy my CDs at the end, they were going to say thank you for doing that. You know, what, ha- what would have happened if that hadn't been a value? From that point on, I begin to realize, look, intimacy is a high value that worship leaders need to hold. Things don't need to be as dramatic as that in a local church setting. In fact, most of the things that I think are happening in people's hearts and lives, I'll never see. I'll never see it on their faces. In fact, they even look like they, they're mad at me. But actually, something very meaningful is going on in there. But there, there is this dynamic where the value of intimacy says this. Uh, intimacy doesn't just happen when the music is slow and sweet, when the lights are dim. That's the way we think of intimacy today. But intimacy is the posture of one heart toward another. It's a willingness to self-disclose when we could self-protect. It's a willingness to be vulnerable when we could put up our defenses and hold back. We value in our worship gatherings, because songs are more than just things we sing, they're places we go, we value that people connect deeply with God, that there's a mutual exchange that goes on. And we make room for that. We listen for that. We might be able to do that in a five-minute song simply with our hearts attuned to creating an intimate encounter for people with God. Or we may be able to extend that over a half an hour. Whatever that means in your particular experience, know that that big stone value of intimacy is vital for us to have uh, meaningful encounters with God that go beyond simply the music and the, the, the motions that we go through as worship leaders. Secondly, integrity says that um, we believe and we live out the songs that we sing, that our lives match those songs. How many times have you ever been in the midst of a worship song in a set and you actually stopped and said, hey, I wonder if we actually even do what we just said, or if I even believe that. Do I even live like that? Do I even care about that? Uh, In my tradition of churches, in which I was really nurtured as a worship leader, we have a high value for caring for the poor and the vulnerable and the voiceless in our cities and in our towns. And we put a lot of money and effort and strength into making sure that we're caring for the weak in our city, uh, that we're doing it. We're not just singing about it. And many times we have these songs talking about our willingness to do whatever Jesus wants us to do to embody the gospel in physical uh, giving of food and caring for people and caring for uh, parents without kids, with, excuse me, uh, uh, children without fathers and mothers. And, and we, we put our feet to it. So when we sing those songs, we have a high value of being in integrity with those songs. I don't want to sing things that I don't believe. I don't want to encourage our congregation to just do a lot of great believing, but be very weak in the acting it out 
level. The gospel has never been about a belief system, about simply a worldview. It's about our desires, as Jamie Smith puts it, being formed into the desires of God. It's about what he loves becoming our loves, what he hates, brokenness, injustice, children without food, poverty in the world, those things becoming the things that we hate. We sing about it, but we invest ourselves in them. We want integrity through and through for us to be connected in what we do. We want to call our church movement and our individual churches to live those things out in their discipleship, to see that as a part of their life worship expression in the world. Yeah.
Thanks for taking time out of your day to grow with the Worship Fertilizer. With each fertilizer, you'll grow in worship, in musicianship, in leadership, in relationship. It'll be just what you need to grow. Be a part of this podcast by submitting your questions and comments to podcast at adlibmusic.com. You can also learn about further coaching opportunities at adlibmusic.com.